Hi, welcome to Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. And today, as you can see, we're inside of the Metaverse again to talk about the Metaverse, of course, right? And we are inside of this replica of the Reply Solar World. You have to know Reply has these physical gathering, social gathering spaces in all of their offices across the globe. And these are called Solar Worlds. And well, we have this beautiful replica, as you can see here, inside of Altspace VR so that we can also have a chat here. But today it's not about this a nice place we have here where we can hang out and have a coffee chat. It's actually about our coffee chat or a water cooler chat, if you will. And in particular, it's about virtual presence and digital humans, a very important topic we're going to cover today. And I'm very honored to welcome our special expert guest, Niels Hügemann. Hi, Niels. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, René. I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me. It's really an honor. Awesome. Well, before we dive into our today's topics, um, please introduce yourself to our audience today. So what is your background when it comes to design, the metaverse, 3D, and, and all of the related topics? Sure. Actually, I'm coming from a classical 2D background as I'm working as a senior UX consultant at OpenReply in Bremen, where I design and develop digital experiences together with my colleagues. However, since roughly one and a half years, I'm now a member of the Reply community of practice for spatial computing, which allowed me, besides my classical 2D job, to learn and gain new knowledge in the, in the sense of spatial computing, as well as WebXR and designing for XR, as you mentioned before. So this all drove me into the, the theme of the metaverse and really get me included in the scenery. So that's also why I'm here today. Awesome. And I'm glad you say that because you know you have this great diverse background, which I think is adding a lot to the whole 3D and XR community. So thanks for being a member of our community of practice for spatial computing. You add a lot of value to this. Um, let's dive into our today's topic, actually. And uh, let me ask you my first question. So, you know, in the metaverse, we as humans are mostly represented as avatars, right? I mean, just look at us. We are right inside the metaverse and are represented as avatars or virtual characters, if you will. Exactly. What is the difference if you compare it to social media these days? And why is your digital identity and its virtual appearance so important within the metaverse? That's a really interesting question, I think. In order to answer it, I think we first need to understand that our appearance in general is a quite important thing for us, especially in social contexts. Every time we get in contact with each other, like we do right now, and start to communicate to each other, we want to be able to express ourselves and feel represented. We bring everything with us, like our character, our beliefs, our values. And oftentimes we also try to put this transfer this to the outside, expressing this to the outside, right? So the exciting point is that it's apart from the visual aspect here, it's also about our expression via body language, which happens automatically in this kind of interpersonal interactions of us. And we often do not notice how strongly they influence our communication with each other. So the importance, I think, of this representation is nothing really new. Right. But the, what changed is with the uprise of this uh, metaverse platforms that this representation is now even more important in the digital realm due to the experience layers we added back in into our experience allowed by the metaverse and its technologies. 
where on social media, you have your social media profile picture, which represents you as a person, and which appears also when you're getting in contact with others, like writing a message. In, in the three-dimensional space, so in the metaverse, it turns your profile picture, it turns into your avatar. And as in the metaverse, we're literally going, like we just did, go into an experience and interact with others in the three-dimensional space. This shift from profile image to an avatar is what really makes the difference and of the importance here of our visual presence. Because in comparison to 2D, not only the look matters, but also, for example, how well a platform is able to recreate and map our natural body language to our physical presentation. That we feel here immersed, but we also be able to feel represented. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. And like you said, and you know, also the the importance of your three D character in all these uh, different virtual platforms is a is a very much important, very much personal thing, and might be even more personal than your profile picture, right? Um, so yeah, yeah exactly. This is, exactly. Any yeah, facets this is, that are added. Yeah, no, that is that is a really interesting point, actually. The uh, so it's not just you know we're entering this three D world, which adds another dimension of exploration for us, but also another dimension of you know digital identity, and um, exactly. which leads me to the next next question around you know digital fashion and fashion brands. Um, you know, brands and in particular fashion brands are all entering the metaverse space, right? You see it all over the place, like, you know, just to name a few, like Gucci, Balenciaga, but a lot of other brands, of course, like I'm um, just picking a few. Um, yeah. you know, all of them are entering the metaverse space and they're also offering, of course, virtual fashion, like, for example, the, the Balenciaga and Fortnite a combo, but also, you know, big fashion brands like uh, sports brands like Nike, Adidas. And yeah. again, you know, we could name a lot. Actually, all of them are a part of this and have some kind of offering they're working on. Uh, where do you see the sure. economic potential here for brands, but also for uh, creators? Yeah, it's also, again, a really interesting question. And um, I also really am excited about what is already happening, what brands already do on this market. But again, I would like to go one small step back for the full picture. As we already discussed, our digital identity is our unique identity, right? As it would be in the real world. So of course, not only the digital avatar as such, the person as such matters, but also how it appears visually, because we want, like I said, we want to appeal visually to others and convey something. Like in the real world, we want also to be able to restyle for different occasions for example right so let it be sport let it be work conferences or any other occasions so what this means is that especially fashion is one ways to express ourselves and also to make this change this restyling so it's not a big yeah surprise so to say that especially avatar fashion is a growing market apparently right but from my perspective, um, fashion is just one section in this whole new asset economy, which you mentioned. So I think this is way bigger. I mean, virtual goods and gadgets of any kind, I think, will be relevant in this kind of new context. Already today, we could see that gamers are spending $100 billion every year on virtual fashion for their avatars or goods in their games. So right. the potential, I think, for businesses are manifolded. I mean, you can think of different 
business models uh, evolving with the metaverse. Like, for example, I could go into a fashion store, buy my physical good, so my physical T-shirt, let's say, and yeah. with it, I could buy a digital clone of it, so I could wear it here. The same way, I could also go into a furniture store, buy my shelf, and because I have a virtual space like this one um, in, in Altspace, for example, I could simply do it with the digital clone, equip my own digital home as well. But that, I think, is just one one example, right? You could also think of your digital um, objects which get sold or, or sold, um, which might or might not come with ownership privileges, if you will. So basically, it could be access to a limited or restricted um, field of experiences of a given brand, for example. So. What's really interesting here is that I think the creativeness or the creativity is the limiting factor. You can think of many business models. The important thing we need to consider is though that these strategies we're putting out in the metaverse should reflect on a brand identity and the core beliefs and core values of a brand so it gets represented also uh, in the metaverse as such. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. And I particular, I liked your example you gave with this kind of well, let's call it a transmedia experience, right? Where you have your physical good on that you buy in a store and you get actually also the digital kind of replica of this along along with it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen some some fashion brands are already using that, right? True. Yeah. That's that's true. Right. You know, the what it when we look at the current market, right, it's this kind of a multiverse, in fact. So it's not just one metaverse, which is the, the big vision in a couple of years, hopefully. And we have one metaverse and you have different metaverse spaces, right? You have one for, like, say, Meta, there's one for Microsoft, there's one for Amazon and so on. Instead, right now, what we have is we have all these different kind of, um, you know, heterogeneous um, walled garden metaverse platforms, if you will, that all the big players are building, but also a bunch of startups, of course. But um, the, the big challenge, though, is um, when it comes to interoperability, right? Like, I, I see a lot of sure. challenges because, like, you buy your, your clothing goods in platform A, of course, you want to use it for your avatar on platform B, right? And this is a kind exactly. of a challenge. Anyhow, what, what do you think? What are some of the current challenges when it comes to interoperability, uh, but also security and, you know, of course, certainly privacy concerns? Yeah, currently, like you said, we have a lot of different systems on the market. Let's just take a look onto the avatar systems. There are, for example, avatar systems like meta avatars. Like, um, I can I can put it on my Oculus, but then I can also use it in the Oculus kind of ecosystem. But that's yeah, that's it basically. So the the challenge we will be facing with this avatar systems um, is the centralized nature of the current metaverse platforms. I think. Because, like you said, um, the avatar is my identity, and me as a person, I move freely. Um, but in the metaverse, I'm limited due to the fact that we oftentimes do not have interoperability. Because platforms, when I create an avatar on platform A and want to go to platform B, I cannot take my avatar with me. So, with the, which means I need to create an avatar for each and every platform, which also looks different. So it's not that unique identity. What in fact, users, I think, will rather want and need is interoperability between the platforms. Like you said, I want to take my assets with me to another platform. I want to 
be with my avatar in an, on another platform. So I want to take my personality, my avatar with me while browsing different platforms or metaverse services or, or solutions, right? So second part of the question was about security and privacy. I think right. then when it comes to security and privacy, also the responsible usage of these avatars is really important. And it's important to have ethical kind of regulations in place. And this will also be key in the, in the future. Avatars provide a great opportunity, of course, for diversity and inclusion. As people are able to represent themselves as with the, or with their true self uh, and identity, right? Well, this is pretty cool that we're flexible and my avatar does not need to look like me uh, or my physical me. It also comes with a, yeah, with a problem uh, in, in case of anonymization. So already today we see that in online games, many users get up online harassed or abused um, in, in this kind of social context. And, and this is, can also become a problem in the metaverse because we, have, we can hide behind a, a person which is completely anonymous, right? So yep. that, that's, um, that's one of the problems. And um, this must be, I think, taken care of with ethical and responsible regulations, providing a safe space for every human. So I want to be part of the metaverse. And when it comes to privacy in particular, um, there is another concern, of course, which is coming with the amount of data um, big giants uh, providing these metaverse platforms can now collect. I mean, in social media, it was already intense. They could scan everything. They basically tracked everything. But the set of data they now get on metaverse platforms due to the immersiveness of this experience, it's the new technology, it's more intense, I would say, because they can collect body uh, measures, um, biometric data about ourselves, could even potentially get to the camera feed of our um, VR headsets and use this one. Yeah. So also there, I think we need responsible regulations um, guiding this whole thing and um, yeah, making everyone feel quite comfortable and, and safe there as well. So. Overall, the metaverse requires really the highest standards of security and privacy technology to make it a pleasant future for everyone, I think, so that the metaverse does not become the dystopian oasis. Right, right. No, that's that's a very good point. And I, I fully agree. And like you were saying, I mean, there's already harassment and bad things happening. We see these days. And of course, we need to provide and make it a safe place for everyone. Exactly. And, um, I mean, right now, today, we're here in this private world, right, which you cannot openly access. But like I was talking with Saskia uh, from the XR community, from Global XR, and uh, they are hosting a bunch of public events, of course, also in Altspace and so on, right? And well, she said, of course, this thing is happening. You need to always look like who, which yeah. kind of people join, like who's joining and what are they doing and always look out, you know, if they're like having bad behaviors. She was kind of agreeing that, well, we need kind of, you know, metaverse bouncers, like people that are standing at the door and it's like, hey, you, you cannot come in today. You are going out, right? like this kind of stuff, right? So, yeah. Unfortunately, okay. unfortunately, but, you know, humans are humans, right? <laughs> you always have the bad actors. Uh, yeah, true. So, 
Well, um, we could talk for many more hours for sure, um, but we are already at the end of our show today. Um, thank you so much, Niels, for joining us today. And um, well, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It was really my pleasure to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and thanks everyone today for joining us for yet another episode of Meta Minutes, your bite-sized pieces of the Metaverse. Um, please check our blog, follow our YouTube channel, um, and also the social media channels to hear all about the next episodes when we will release them. Uh, but also on uh, alarmreply.com and on reply.com, of course, you can find all of our previous episodes with our amazing guests. And you can also find the episodes of our sister show called Qubytes, Bite-Sized Pieces of Quantum Computing. Um, anyhow, take a look and I hope you enjoyed the show and our episode today as much as I did. And well, I hope to see you soon again. Until then, take care and see you soon in the Metaverse. Bye-bye. <laughs>